Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast, where we're serving up gospel-fueled courage to the Christian woman to remain faithful in her calling. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Fruitful and Fearless podcast. So I am here today with a special guest. Her name is April Haas. Hey, everyone. So April and I, we met online and she reached out to us and um, and you have history with podcasting. So tell us a little bit about yourself. I do. So I have been podcasting or was podcasting for about six years and kind of the same thing. I saw that this blog was branching out into um, include other women and other writers. And I just reached out and, and made friends on the internet and that that grew into a podcast. And so that was a podcast primarily um, geared toward moms, but not necessarily Christians. So just anyone who's a mom would feel welcome listening and gleaning. Um, and then I, in 2020, stepped down from that role and yeah, then we became internet friends. So here we are. So you guys live in Tennessee. We do. And this is a recent move. Where did you move from? It is. So like so many people, we were in California and then had always thought, you know, maybe someday we'll go east. I think a lot of Californians have this like Idaho dream or Texas dream, like maybe with taxes and all the laws and the growing tyranny, we should move. I think a lot of people think that. And then 2020 happened and all those thoughts became action for mm. a lot large people, us included. So we moved to Knoxville in November of 2020. Okay. So you moved like as a result of some of the 2020 stuff that was happening. Well, that was really what got us thinking more seriously about the idea of a move. And then a really great job came up for my husband. So we had lived born and raised Californians, lived there our whole lives, but he's a physician. And so we'd already had to like leave where we grew up um, for finish his medical training. And so we were kind of in this place of like, do we stay here where we ended up for the end of medical school and really put down roots or does God have something different for us in 2020 okay. made it God saying go elsewhere. So. Okay. Cool. Elsewhere. Okay. And you are married and you have children. We do. So I have four kids. They're ages. I have to think, cause they're all about to go on <laughs> here. We just finished it even. So I don't have it down yet. Nine, seven, five, three. Okay. Awesome. That's cool. Boys yes. or girls? A uh, boy, girl, boy, girl. Oh, and that's fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That yeah. Well, us through adoption and then three more the old fashioned way. So not sure what God has next for us, but we've kind of, kind of done it all. So we'll see. Okay. okay, cool. And then, uh, so your husband's a physician and then do you stay at home with your children or what do you do throughout the day? I do. Yep. Cool. I do. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Hold down the fort. All right. And do you, are you homeschooling them or what's the education look like for your kids? So before we came to Tennessee, we did homeschool. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we got here as we were looking for a church, we actually found, ended up finding a school because a church meets at the school. So there's a classical Christian school here in Knoxville. Um, our kids became, had to do something totally new, which was go into yeah. school environment, but yeah. it's been a, like, a real blessing to find okay. a place that's like less classical and yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's awesome. Has the transition been smooth for your family or, um, what's it been like? 
Yeah. Yeah. I, I would say Are you like, what do I do with myself? Cause I feel like that's what I would be like from homeschooling to then our kids going to school. What do I do? You know, I think I would, except for my um, youngest two are home with me. And then the school very much wants to involve families. Yesterday I was subbing and pre-K. Um, so I try to try to be on campus as much as I can. And then, yeah, it's funny. I thought the same thing. Like maybe now I'm finally going to take up knitting. Much free time. Yeah, I'm going to read. All my stacks are going to go down. Yeah. And it's amazing how suddenly there's all these other yeah. opportunities or just whatever that you can, you can do. So. Okay, cool. Well, thank you for telling us a little bit about yourself. So since April is new in Tennessee, um, they have a new, new church, new home and um, all that. So we thought we'd talk a little bit about building friendships and community and just being new in a place and what that's like and um, the responsibility of the new person there to make friendships. And then also the responsibility of the people in existing communities and existing churches of welcoming people in kind of throw that ball around for a while. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a big topic. And and I'm, I'm guessing that there's quite a few people who have made some kind of shuffle, whether that's a huge cross country move or just moving churches or whatever it might be. Yeah, I think 2020 definitely made a lot of people's minds go, are we where we should be in a lot of right. ways, whether it be school, right. location, church, all of that. Um, right. So yeah, I think this is a very timely topic to be talking about. So give me your thoughts. Well, I, I like what you said about it being some of it being the new person's responsibility. I do think it's easy to come in and feel so overwhelmed by whatever you left or especially if there was a lot of um, kind of like emotional upheaval, it's hard to leave a church, it's hard to leave a community. So sometimes as a new person, you can be in a position where you feel like you need care, you need to be on the receiving end of a lot, but that doesn't always make it easy to then build friendships. So I think it's reasonable to admit that you're maybe um, in a spot where you're hurting or you're in a spot where you haven't necessarily come from a place that was thriving, but you still got to invite people over for dinner. Sometimes you still got to make the first move. Yeah. I think a lot of times whenever new people go to a church, I've heard this a lot that, um, that they really want to like click with people. They're like waiting to see if they click with people or like looking for this like niche group that they can be a part of. Um, and that, that honestly is just like a really unhealthy way to view church in general. Um, seeing it as a thing that can, like, what can you do for me? Like being a very consumer, very much a consumer, um, in your church attendance. And honestly, it will lead to a lot of disappointment because people are never going to perfectly fill that void for you of friendship and community. Um, so I think when, if you are the new person going into a church, going into it with a mentality of what can I give, um, how can I be a blessing to people around me? And then also like seeing it as church is not, the purpose of the church is not to build up a big friendship model. Like we're not just networking with each other. Um, the purpose of the church is to honor and worship God and to build up fellow believers So um, as we go to church on Sunday mornings, just keeping in mind, like, what is the purpose of a Sunday morning gathering? Is it, is it to fill my friendship void? Is it for me to network Uh or is it for me (laughs) to come together with a body of believers and worship the one true God? Um, So I think that's important to keep in mind. 
Um, if, mm-hmm. if I would want someone to tell me that if I was going to a new, new situation. And I think it's easy to fall mm-hmm. into, like, I want someone to come and talk to me because if you are the new person, yes. you feel like the outsider. Um, but yeah. so, okay. So there's a scripture in Proverbs that I have always heard and thought it meant one thing. And this week realized it meant something else. So there's a proverb, Proverbs 18, 24, a man who desires friends must show himself friendly. Okay. So that's how the King James version, um, translates it. And I've always just kind of had that memory verse in my mind of like, okay, if you want friends, be friendly. And I do think that that's like wise and like totally fine to think that's like a wise thing to believe. However, um, everybody else other than the King James version, new King James version, translate it, translate it. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. I'm like, okay, that's very different from a man who wants friends must show himself friendly. So that first, that 1824A is like, well, some, something happened upstairs. It was really loud. Sorry. Um, (laughs) so, um, that 1824A is like completely different. It's either a man who wants friends must show himself friendly or a man of many companions may come to ruin. It's like, man, that's really different. Um, yeah. So Jared helped me and we were like looking up the Hebrew word and it's actually, uh, the word braha, which is a smash or a shattering. So, um, Everybody else other than other than the King James Version does a little more accurately, in my opinion. Um, a man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. So it's actually a warning. Um, that verse is actually a warning of like, there is danger in always being about having tons of friends or like having a focus on friendship other than a focus on what it should be. So, um, and actually, as I was looking stuff up for this episode, there are tons of warnings and proverbs about friendship, about um, like, don't join yourself with certain people. Like do not join those who drink too much wine or gorge themselves on meat. Um, Don't walk or he who walks with wise grow wise, but a companion, companion of fools suffers harm. The righteous man is cautious in friendship, but the way of the wicked leads them astray. The Proverbs is actually full of warnings about friendship and like who we make friends with. So in saying all that, um, it made me really think a lot this week about like, is friendship something that we should really be focused on? Or is it something, a blessing that the Lord gives that we should always be grateful for? Um, but not necessarily making it our aim and goal as women to like have as many friends as we can, or always feel like that's a need instead mm-hmm. of a blessing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if that makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense, especially if we're in a position where we're, we're entering a new church, we're on the church hunt and our husband is trying to figure out, is this the place for our family? I think make the decision based on why well, didn't click with any of the women. Yes. It's such a downfall. Yeah. I think it's about ordering the priorities. Like, is this a biblically faithful church? Are there solid elders in place? Um, Am I submitting to my husband about this decision? And prayerfully seeking the Lord, if your desire is for friendship, I don't think that's a desire that you have to necessarily squash, but it just has to be in order, important things. And I think like you said, sometimes having, wanting a lot of friends can actually just lead or distraction, figuring out what is most important and what's going to be the most fruitful for your family as you go in. And it's not necessarily being in a place where everyone also likes running or, or it might be, yeah. they don't like the same or whatever it might be. It's surprising too, 
I don't know if you've experienced this, how when you look at a really um, thriving church body where there's so many believers who who love the Lord, how you'll see pairs of people that outside the church would never make sense. So true. So true. <laughs> like, how did you two, I know it's like the odd couple and it's yeah. so wonderful because yes. there's just unity that comes mm-hmm. um, for people who, who say, you know, only Christ is King. And so my running isn't King. My movie yeah. preferences aren't King. Like Christ is King. And if you, if that is your, um, kind of like the banner over your life, then we can have unity and friendship can grow from that. Yeah. Amen. Whenever we were young, we had a short stint of time. Whenever we were young, it was like five years ago, but that feels <laughs> no, like whenever we were young. Many, years ago. <laughs> oh yeah. But like a while back we went yeah. to a church and it was mainly older people there. And I remember when we first went and been like, I have nothing in common. Well, just being a giant baby right. and feeling right. like I couldn't yeah. really get close to any of these people. And my husband being like, you have the greatest thing in common. What are you talking about? You have the greatest thing in common. And that's true. Like no matter what church we are going to, if we are blood bought brothers and sisters, that's the greatest thing we could possibly have in common. Um, which leads me to something that I wrote down too, that we do at Christ church. Um, so we all are a part of the Bible reading challenge. No, I say all mm. a, a vast majority of us are a part of the Bible reading challenge. And because of that, we have like, um, a ladies group where we all, um, are in the same you version app and we can like talk to each other uh-huh. about the reading for the day and we comment on it and stuff. And I have loved that because it feels like we always have something to talk about. Like if, if I am sitting with right. <laughs> almost any lady from our church, I can easily be like, did you read that passage in Isaiah? That was crazy. What'd you think about that? And, um, we have the word of God in common, which is awesome thing to be, um, growing together and talking with each other about. So that was Uh like one little tip that I thought of. If you're new at a church, like find someone that's reading the Bible and ask if you can read it together with them. Um, and then also I think Uh it's important to seek out, not necessarily who you have the most in common with, but like, is there an older woman at the church that you can Mm. ask to disciple you? Uh So really, really wise. But I've been like you too. Sometimes I'll see people who are even just 10 years older than me. And I'll be like, wow, the gap is so wide. Mm-hmm. <laughs> really? No, it's not. Yeah. I don't know why them is like so much older or, mm-hmm. oh, they don't have little kids. So they probably wouldn't want to be my friend. Mm-hmm. So it's great to be friends with people who have already moved out of yeah. parenting stage you're in or the life stage. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, So, and then another thing, just as like the warning, there's, so there's the woman in Proverbs whose feet are never at home. And Mm -hmm. I think that it can be a temptation with friendship to think like, well, I get this like high from my friendships. Like I get this um, affirmation and joy and like a different kind of communication from other women that you can always be desiring that when it's like, no, actually we have priorities and responsibilities to our family that we have to make sure that we're meeting first. And not mm-hmm. to think like, well, I, I get, I get my, my cup, quote unquote, cup filled whenever I'm with my girlfriends and to think that that's like, you know, something that you have to have for the week. Um, but I think really like sitting down with the husband and asking like, okay, help me set my priorities. What are my priorities? Okay. And, and, and scripture, like, I know that my priorities are to my home and to my family, my husband, my children. Um, and like, I want to be in my word. So like having those priorities set and then like, see what other gaps of time that you have 
and be Mm -hmm. like, okay, well, I do have, I do have this amount of my life that I could give to friendship. But if like the stage of life that I am in right now is very full. And I know that if I am putting a lot of time into like play dates at the park, then Uh stuff at home is getting overlooked that week. And sometimes that, sometimes that's okay. Like, but, um, I don't want every single one of my weeks to be so full with extra outings that I don't have time to do my priorities at home. Well, and especially with homeschooling and all the things that we do, like I have a lot of help for my husband to give and for, for me to give to my husband that I want that to be a high priority in my life right now. So just always like making sure to consider are your are your feet never at home are is your bread the one that's not being baked right now um metaphorically speaking you don't have to break your own bread but like (laughs) is your is your family's meals the ones that are like getting the leftovers um right because I think right. that is a temptation when it comes to friendship because it is fun. Like it's super fun to hang out with people. Yeah, it does fill your cup. It really does. But it, sometimes I think that's the actual danger is that it does kind of feel good. It is, can be affirming. Um, so we have to sometimes wean ourselves off that and have our cup filled by other things. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think just being content in every circumstance, like, is this a circumstance uh-huh. that God is giving you a lot of friendship? Like, awesome. Praise God. That is a blessing. And, um, Christ church, we are very blessed. God has done something really cool at our church where we have a really awesome community. Like we, and it's nothing that we have done. Um, when we started, we were like, you know what, if God does something cool here, let's be sure to always remember to say it's nothing that we did. And it seriously, like there is no book that could be written. There is no conference that could be given of look how Christ church did this thing. No, but God has set a lot of like-minded believers in the same place and blessed us with each other. And it is really beautiful to see. And I'm so thankful for it. And I'm thankful for the season of life that we are in. Um, And so I always want to be like, I'm, I'm thankful. And that is the season that we are in right now. That's full of really beautiful relationships. But if we are not in a season like that at some stage, I also want to be content in every circumstance. I want to be content when maybe it's just me and my husband, like maybe my husband is my only friend right now. And, um, and that's, and that would be, that would be different, but, um, but I would want to be content then also and, and learn to cultivate that friendship more if that was the season I was in too. Yeah, that's a good point. We go to, um, we said when we moved, no, we're not going to do a church plant. We're going to go to like an established church. And God was like, are you sure? And (laughs) ended up at the church. We ended up, they said probably our third week there, we're, we're sending out, um, some of our elders, they're planting a church in this other County and we, nope, nope, nope. And then that's what the Lord had for us. So, um, we started, and restarted church again at a church plant and very much like what you're saying. Many of us, uh, I go to a church called Christ the King and we have commented. It just feels like the Lord has blessed us with this supernatural unity yeah, and deep brotherhood and a deep sisterhood. Mm-hmm. And for people who maybe don't have um, family in town or their family unit um, doesn't provide necessarily like the Christian support that they might've hoped. This has been such a haven to like spurn each other like you said, we can't let it become the only thing we're grasping. It can't become the thing that if this gets taken away, everything else. Yeah. 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 Just remembering that like God is the one that puts lonely in families. It's him. It's always him. He's the one that any good thing is from him and friendship is from him. And if there's seasons where it is 
lacking to just also pray and seek the Lord for it and not, not feel like it's a, um, something that we are entitled to. That's right. And in those seasons, when you don't have that, it's still a great season to grow, um, into the type of person that will be a good friend. If God is give that gift to you again. So what a great time to pour into your marriage, to pour into your kids, to memorize more scriptures, that when the time comes, you're able to be a great mentor or disciple someone. Yeah. So with coming to your new church, what are some things that you have done to build friendships? Well, I think, um, we just decided a lot of people told us before we moved, I should back up, you know, it takes a long time to build community. I feel like that's just something people say before we make a big move. You can't expect to have a lot of friends right away, or you can't expect to be close right away. Um, and I would say that this experience has taught me that that's not really true. If the Lord called people together especially to do a hard thing, like be in a church, to start a ministry, to um, go out into the community and try to do kingdom building work, he's going to unify you. So it doesn't necessarily take years and years and years and years um, to have a really strong friendship. And so knowing that, I think it was um, easier to just, just say yes. And like you said, not necessarily look for people who it's like, oh, this is an instant love connection. Yeah. We have such great chemistry. (laughs) Um, That doesn't necessarily make for a great godly fruitful friendship. So it's my advice would be don't just have your like eyes narrow for who looks like me, who looks like they're going to connect with us, but be open to meeting the people that the Lord has placed right, right there in your path. Yeah. And it's just simple, like ordinary means of grace. Like invite someone over for dinner. Sometimes if dinner doesn't work, if that's a busy time for your family, maybe Saturday morning breakfast or maybe grabbing a coffee on the way to church, just wherever you find in your schedule that will work, definitely ask your husband, where do you think we could be open to hospitality or to meeting new people. But there, I feel like there's really no, no magic or no silver bullets, just putting yourself out there and mm-hmm. inviting people in. And maybe just thinking like, how could I be a blessing to these people? Yeah. Um, like, where do I see someone that I could be a blessing to? And often that builds friendship more than you would realize. Um, like yes. I see someone that I could bring a meal to, or I see someone that I could um, help their child in on Sunday, grab somebody's hand on a Sunday morning and help usher somebody in, um, with a mom that has a really full hand. So yeah, I think just being with eyes open of being a blessing to somebody and showing love to other people and building friendship in that way. So we do like regulated intentionality with friendships. So like being in that phrase. Yeah. Yeah. That's a Jared Sparks phrase, regulated intentionality. Okay. Share more. I want to hear about this. (laughs) So it's just what it sounds like. Um, uh, being cautious to not prioritize things that shouldn't be prioritized above things, you know, above other things in our life. Um, so having our priorities and being cautious about that, but also being intentional with people that we want to build close friendships with, we are intentional with our elders and their wives. Um, we're really thankful for, um, an administrative pastor that's really helped, um, us to have like regular times together with elders and wives that we get together and just build friendship and community with them. Um, and then we also just have other people in our life that we, uh, want to be building like discipleship relationships ships with or checking in on and stuff like that. So just, yeah, that regulated intentionality. So like having a game plan in mind, not being willy nilly, not waiting for people to come to us necessarily, Mm -hmm. but uh, having those intentional, like 
text messages or um, people over for dinner or whatever it may be um, asking. Just, and a lot of the stuff for us is so spur of the moment. It's like, you know what? We're going out to dinner tonight because this random thing came up today. So we're going to actually go out to dinner. Who could we ask to go with us? Who could we invite on the craziness of going out at a restaurant with three little kids? Um, Uh So yeah, Uh just inviting people into our normal everyday life. And um, we we like Uh having people over to our home. We did that a lot over the past few years. We kind of scaled back over the past couple months just because it's been really wild and we needed to scale back. But we love having people over. We like having big groups over to our house and especially in the spring and summer and just being outside and like, making homemade ice cream and throwing stuff on the grill and just being really low key and letting kids be wild outside and just enjoying each other's company. So yeah. Mm -hmm. So that regulated intentionality. I think we have an episode on priorities that um, Lexi and I talked about just how we manage our priorities, like how we decide our lane and what we should stay in. So that may be a helpful one to listen to too, in accordance with this episode of friendship too. Yeah. I think that's really good. And then we also like, does the church that you go to offer small groups or Sunday school or stuff like that? So we don't have Sunday school, um, but we do a Wednesday um, prayer for the whole church. It's always in people's homes, which as the church has grown, has become, um, we're, we're like standing room only right now. It's yeah. kind of funny, but first Wednesday of every month is a meal. And that has been awesome. having fellowship we also have a fellowship meal Sunday. So that's really helpful too, for getting to know people, sitting by someone new. It's kind of like regulated intentionality where yeah. it's already a part of the schedule. So we don't have to kind of reinvent the wheel to get to know someone or grow in a friendship. Especially if it's already on someone's schedule. Like if all the ladies are already meeting for book club, instead of putting another thing on the schedule, just, even if it's your first week, just go. Yeah. Well, what else do you got about friendship? Anything else you wanted to talk about with that? Well, I would say that, um, let's see. I think that it's important to, to make sure that your friendships are kind of like blessing the church also. I, I think one of the pitfalls, I wouldn't say necessarily, um, especially up within with, among women, but I think you hear about it a lot is that sometimes friendships among women or even um, animosity between women or conflict between women can lead to so many splits or dysfunction in church. Keeping in mind, how can this friendship bless my church? How can stewarding this friendship well, um, even through conflict or disagreement, bless the church? I know uh, Rachel Jankovic talks about instead of doing like women's ministry, a ministry of women. Mm. So like just having that mindset of instead, it's the whole consumeristic thing versus being productive. If you're going to be getting together with women, like how can this be productive? Like, even if it's just edifying each other, building one another up and spurring each other on to love and good works, like that's what scripture says that we should be doing. So are we doing that in our friendships? Are we being women who minister to each other so we can minister to others? And because I think growing up years for me, I remember women's ministry being very much of a like consumeristic type vibe. Um, Like go and like get get your back padded and told how awesome you are at a table that yeah. has like great flower arrangements and some yeah. people complain about that yeah it needed yeah. to be half spa experience half concert yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's just so so not helpful really I mean, yeah so yeah a lot of fluff um that bred a lot of like animosity and critical spirits so yes. <laughs> not helpful yeah. 
Yeah. And I just feel like God is so kind to give us his word. It's not hard. It's not necessarily easy to, um, to live out, but it's not complicated as in yeah. like, if I have this friendship, how do I know if what we're discussing is good or not good? That's probably pretty easy to figure out. Or if you're in a group setting, how do you know if things are going off the rails and what people are talking about? Just relying on the, the wisdom of that's, you know, in scripture that the Lord has is so helpful and kind of like steering things back toward what is good, what is true, what is beautiful. Yeah. Like you, you can always talk to someone. What did you read today in scripture? Yeah. 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 Cool. And I think it's also one last thing that I will say about friendship that um, <laughs> I think it's important. So being the kind of friend that is willing to say to your other friend, Hey, that was gossip. Don't do that. Ooh, or, yeah. Or like, hey, that was really dis- disrespectful to your husband. Don't do that. And um, I think that we need to more normalize that in our friendships uh, just, and doing it with a smile. Like you don't have to yeah. be angry when you tell someone that. No. You can with a smile no. and be like, that was disrespectful. No more. That's not how Christian moms treat their children. You know, like spurring mm. each other on to love yeah. and good works and obedience and having a high standard for each other that, that we want to build each other up to this really high standard that scripture sets for us through the empowerment of Christ, not through legalism, not, yeah. That's such a good point. Normalizing, calling each other out when, when we mess that up. Is and, such then, a good point. and then also uh, if you're on the receiving end of that being like, you're right. Thank you're you. Right. Thank you for yes. being that kind of friend. And what is that verse? Like a wound from a friend is yeah. better it's from an enemy. I think Nancy Wilson called it like your slip is showing. Tell people like, slip is showing there. And yeah, yeah. like you be wanting, desiring that yeah. not, I hope I'm at a church where I can like tisk tisk people, but I'm hoping at a church where people would tell me yeah. where they would, they love me enough to tell me. Yes. Yes. Everyone. I met you now and I want in 10 years, I want you to be more conformed to Christ. Sure. It could it'd be a little uncomfortable or awkward. So yeah, I think having that, that is such a good point. Having people in your life who would who would know you well enough and love you well enough to let you know when your slip is showing. Yeah. You. you know what else is true friendship to me? And this is kind of random, but like when people text me for no reason, like not when they, not when they, <laughs> this is so like just practical. I feel very befriended when someone texts me something that I don't really need to know, but they just wanted to tell me, for example, like, oh my gosh, I just made the best lasagna you've ever had in your life. Mm-hmm. I don't need to know that, but it makes me feel like we're friends. Yes. If you text me, yes. so that's Jordan Sparks's little two cents on friendship. Text your friends things that they don't need to know, but you just want them to know. Yeah, that's a good hot tip. <laughs> that's my hot tip. I on had someone text me a picture of a salad spinner just recently. Like, you yeah, you always wanted a salad spinner. I found one. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> cool. All right. Well, I think that's about all I had on friendship. What do you think? I feel like that's, that's a, that's a good start. Okay. <laughs> You're equipped. Yeah. Okay. Um, do you have any resources, any books on friendship that you've liked? Hmm. Women, there are so many women's books on friendship and I, some of them are just really kind of silly. Yeah. Um, a book on women's friendships. I'm, I don't know that I do. Okay. I told Jankovic just did like a seminar about a webinar. Not a seminar, a webinar. webinar. Okay. You have great books on women's friendships? No, I don't. I do not. That's why someone I'm needs to write one. Someone needs to write There's one. There's a gap in the market. Yeah. 
Okay, cool. Well, thank you everybody for listening. And April, thank you so much for being on today. It was so much fun. You're so sweet. So it was fun getting to know you and talking about friendship. Thanks for listening, everybody. Until next time, see you later.